So as you can see, Reverend Norm isn't here. We have Reverend Millie. So you may have heard a little about her, but I'm gonna give you the rest of the scoop here. She's originally from Chicago. She is an Air Force veteran, a nurse for 34 years, registered nurse, has two children, five grandchildren. She moved to Colorado in 1988. She was seeking a church home and found religious science. I'm glad she did. She loves to travel and especially loves the beach. Reverend Millie's passion as a minister is pastoral care, working with people through their grief when they're in their most vulnerable part in life. So I say, CSL Colorado Springs, let's give Reverend Millie a warm welcome. Good morning and thank you. I am just so blessed right now, I can hardly speak. But I'm gonna have to because, <laughs> because here I am, you know? I don't wanna ugly cry for you, that would not be pretty. So I'm gonna just speak what God has given me. So today, um, the title of this talk is Destination Bound, Wheels Off the Ground. Now I know that you guys are usually accustomed to some great jokes from Reverend Norm first thing when he gets up here. I don't have any jokes. <laughs> I got nothing. But I do have a story, okay? And this story, um, it's really about me. It's about part of my life early on. I want to tell you about my aunt. We called her T. So when I was, when we were kids, my mother passed away two months short of her 41st birthday. And she left five minor children, and I was one of them. Now my mother was very, very intuitive. She was very new thought. Um, all these things that, you know, we didn't know that's what it was called at the time, but she was the perfect religious scientist. She was gifted in her knowing. She would know things before they happened. She even knew that she was going to make her transition. And so she called my aunt and talked to her about the five kids, about those that she would be giving to her. And my aunt, my mother was very new age, right? My aunt was not, <laughs> period. But my aunt, T, she had this saying, and it was just two words, what if? So I don't know if any of you have someone like this in your lives who, what if, they can, what if they can do anything, their way into a state of panic. My aunt was one of those people. We as children used to watch her sit at the kitchen table and say, what if, and she would whatever herself into a state of anxiety that was so extreme, she would be sitting there crying and, oh Lord, help me, and 
people would come in to visit or, you know, family would walk in and go, well, what happened? Who died? And we were like, we don't know. Nothing happened. She was just sitting at the table. That's all we, you know. So anyway, what if became a phrase that I really learned to not care for at all. As a matter of fact, if someone is speaking to me, I've gotten better, and they start off with what if, as if, if it doesn't follow anything positive, they start sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know, what if, wah, 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 I don't want to hear it. If, you know, unless it's what if, I win the lottery and I'll give you some of the money. <laughs> what does what if have to do with this talk? I'll tell you later. We're going to have to come back for that. So, today, we're here to just discuss our destination. And I just want to do a little recap of Reverend Norm's talk because it leads into what I want to speak to you about. Now, his first week was like, what is your destination? Okay? So, what is your destination? Does anyone here, we're on this trip of a lifetime, does anyone here have a destination that they have always wanted to go to? Is there um, a bucket list trip? You got that in mind? Okay, on the count of three, I want you to speak into the universe so that it hears you and you can claim it. One, two, three. Tahiti! Okay. Okay, so now God knows there's no more excuses. You can't set up and say, okay, I'll go there when I have enough money, when I retire, when the kids leave from home, when I'm done with the, um, with the college, paying off college and paying off the house and all these sorts of things that we wait for, for this destination, for our trip of a lifetime. But what I'd like to offer you is this. This trip of a lifetime has been going on already for you for a lifetime. We have always been on this journey. We have always been on the trip of a lifetime. We just did not realize it because we were too busy living. We enjoy life. We do things. We take vacations. We do things that you know, we consider enjoying our lives. But the fact that everyone here is sitting in this church this morning tells me that somewhere you have decided that your journey should bring you on this trip, an absolute life-altering, life-changing trip of your lifetime. My destination used to be because I came from a Pentecostal church. My destination used to be heaven. So what I would live for was when I was gonna die. And you know, I mean, come on, any original sinners here, admit it. <laughs> you know you're sinners, right? So my, des my, my destination was to get to heaven. Was I good enough, was I ever going to be good enough to make it to heaven. I had some shortcomings, you know. Um, I didn't know if I would ever make it because I was always in trouble. 
always, you know, God was going to throw me in hell because I used colorful language. <laughs> Say something bad, you're going to hell. Say something else, you're going to hell. So, you know, I was always in hell. And I, I, <laughs> I, I just really thought it was interesting because my take on it was this. God made me. He created me. He knew who I was. He made me what I am, who I am. And then he's going to throw me in hell for it. As far as I was concerned, he started it. You know, so anyway, here I am today. And at one point in my life, I decided basically when I came to Colorado that I wanted to get back in church, but I didn't want to be stressed about it. I didn't want to be stressed about going to church and if I was going to be good enough. You know, we've learned, those of us who were not fortunate enough to grow up in religious science, or in these teachings, this philosophy, we learned that we really were not worthy of the love of God. We had to earn it. And the way that we earned that was to accept Jesus as our personal savior. Okay, fine. But, you know, you just were not good enough, ever. There's nothing you could do. You can think, had to watch your thoughts. Of course, we learned to watch our thoughts, but we had to watch our thoughts because we were sinning depending on what we were thinking. So that was um, my first, the first segment of my journey. In 88, I found religious science. I walked into Mile High Church and I knew I was home. I saw these beautiful practitioners walk across the front of the stage and I thought, oh my God, that's it. And from that point on, I began the journey of greater enlightenment and awakening. I became a practitioner, eventually went to um, Holmes Institute, and here I am today doing my first talk as a licensed minister. It has been a rewarding journey. As far as I'm concerned, if I can convince anyone that they are absolutely worthy of love, that they are absolutely worthy of God's love, and that God loves them no matter what, or who they are, or what their lifestyle, what they've done, God still loves each and every one of us because we are worth it. We are made in the image of spirit, of the divine. Here we are, spiritual beings having a human experience, however we choose to have that experience, is still God expressing. Because God doesn't, he, God doesn't care. God doesn't care what you call it. If you have a problem with that term, God, I'm sorry. Just put in, put in there whatever you want. Spirit, universe, whatever you choose to call it. But this is the journey. This is the trip of a lifetime. So our destination, our destination is actually Christ consciousness. What does that mean? 
our founder, Ernest Holmes, said that Jesus was a spiritual genius. And when you consider the fact that Jesus absolutely knew who he was, he knew his connection with spirit. There was no doubt in his mind that he was not worthy of the love of God. And he knew that for each and every person that he met, even people that, you know, were ostracized where they were. You know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all of these people that weren't speaking to each other because they were from that side of the fence. Jesus loved them anyway. And that, was, that is our message, that Christ consciousness within us. We should awaken and accept and receive our knowingness on such a level that no matter who we see, no matter where they're from, no matter their lifestyle, we see ourselves reflected back to us, no matter what. When I look at you, when I look at each and every one of you, I see me. I see me looking at me. And as I'm looking at you, I just know that, you know, it is just such a blessing to be right here, right now, and to know that God loved me enough to put me in this church. How lucky am I? So, so our destination. The second week was how much baggage are you carrying? What I want to say about that is that even though we have found this teaching, we have found this philosophy, we love it, we're blessed by it, we still have some old stuff that comes up, some old baggage. You know, I can still be triggered by whatever. I can feel happy when I hear hallelujah. I can be sad um, when I consider how so many of us as human beings don't know that we are so loved by God. He just loves us so much that he accepted us. He made us, he co-created us to be who we are. Yet we take on all of this outside influence. We have to be perfect in someone else's eyes or we have to accept someone else's opinion of us or we have to accept, you know, just whatever. You just name it, just put it in there that's outside of you. Even as religious scientists, we can do that because I've heard you and I've heard myself, you know, and as soon as I start that, it's like, wait a minute, that's not mine. That has nothing to do with me. I don't need to accept someone's opinion of how I should be in order to be loved. There's a little reading here. Ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets inside of them. Moral of the story, don't let what is happening around you get inside of you and weigh you down. And how often do we do that? That's a good saying, and it must be true because I found it on Facebook. <laughs> so it has to be, you know, what can I say? I thought it was good. I thought I could use it. Even now, if I'm not careful, and I'm sure that many of you are the same, you will find yourself accepting what other people have to say 
and their opinion of you and how they feel about you and how they think you shouldn't live a certain way. Like if you're in this teaching and your family is not and you choose to, you know, just make a choice. The minute your family does not accept that, a family member, the first thing you do is start thinking about, well, maybe, maybe I should do this. Maybe, maybe I should do something different. Maybe I should live differently because I'm not accepted by my family. I'm not accepted by close friends. You know, before I came up here, I was thinking, wow, if some of my friends I used to party with saw me up in the pulpit, they would be like, really? Her? Are you serious? You know, but hey, it is what it is. This is where I am. And I'm grateful for that. So the baggage, when you, when you set it down, when you unpack it, let it stay there. Let it stay right there. Don't pick it back up again. That is so easy to do. And then last week was, um, are you packed and ready to go? Well, I was looking forward to coming to church so that I could hear the words of wisdom from Reverend Norm. I just love to hear him speak. And I thought about, oh wow, this is gonna be a really good talk today. And next week, I get to do the talk. And just in that moment, right there, right there, boom, anxiety. I panicked. I panicked in a way, I haven't felt quite like that since my daughter ran away from home when she was 15. And that's another talk for another <laughs> service. But I was like, oh my God. And then guess what showed up? Guess what showed up? Take a guess. What if? <laughs> what if showed up? I thought I had left what if in my childhood. Here was what if. What if they don't like you? What if you don't wear the right outfit? What if you, they don't like your talk? What if you stumble on the top step and splatter yourself all over the platform? <laughs> what if? What if showed up? And I could not believe it, you know? And it's like, what if you have no jokes? It just kept going on and on and on until I stopped myself right at the point where I realized that I was trying to compare myself to something or someone else. Will I be good enough? Will I be this? Will I be that sort of a thing? And it's really not about that, you know? I won't have any good jokes like Reverend Norm. Well, you know, right there, right there, I realized that ego had stepped into my plate and was all sprinkled all over my salad, all right? Reverend Norman's been speaking for how long? He could do this in his sleep. This is my first time out, you know? And it's just, I had to let that go. I had to release that, that thinking of what if to leave what if alone, leave what if where it is. So that was my little bit of baggage that came along that took me totally by surprise, something that I really don't care for so much, that what if thing. We are here, we're here on this journey. Yes, as we pack 
Are we packed and ready to go? Where we are to pack is our all-knowingness of who we really are, of the love that we are, of how much God cares for us, how Spirit can answer prayers when we don't even think the Spirit hears us. I have been praying for a church home, and I want it to be a, in a place that, where I can learn and grow, be nurtured and nurture, teach, and just be in community in such a way that I wouldn't be hidden in a corner or something like that. And when it happened, I was surprised. Have any of you ever done that? You know, you pray for something and God gives it to you and you go, whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. But I wasn't expecting that, you know. It's <laughs> like God didn't hear you, like he wasn't listening to you all along. And so here I am. And it's God, God's good pleasure to co-create with us, to be in that place of love. And so I have a little a little verse here I'm going to read to you, and it's by a woman by the name of Madison Taylor. We all have the ability to live our dreams. We must simply ask and respond with the action that is asked of us. Most people don't always fully realize that we all have within us the ability to co-create our lives with the universe. So many of us are taught to accept what we are given, and not even to dream of anything more. But our hopes and dreams are the universe whispering to us, planting an idea of what's possible while directing us toward the best use of our gifts. The universe truly wants to give us our heart's desires, but we need to be clear about what they are and ask for them. Is that not our teaching? Ask. Ask for what you want. Ask and believe. To ask for something does not mean to beg or plead from a place of lack or unworthiness. It's like placing an order. We don't need to beg the salesperson for what we want to prove to them that we deserve to have it. It is their job to give us what we ask for. We only have to tell them what we want. Once we have a clear vision of what we desire, we simply step into the silent realm where all possibilities exist and let our desires be known. Whatever methods we use to become still, it is important that we find the quiet space between our thoughts. I love that verse. I love that. Find that, that quiet space and just step into that knowingness that no matter where you are, God is. I used to beg and beseech God, please, 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 you know, because God was outside of me and God wouldn't hear me because I used colorful language. But now I know that no matter what language I use, it's not as colorful, because, you know, it's okay. No, ma <laughs> no matter what language I use, God still hears me because, guess what you're looking at? God in expression. Yes, I am a unique expression and manifestation of the divine, as is each and every one of you. We are here to express the way God would have us. And I just cannot reiterate that enough because it helps us to get rid of that baggage. 
and to get ready to, t ready to take that trip. And once we unpack that stuff, just leave it where it is. I just spent a couple of months unloading things that I felt was, that no longer served me. I moved into a new place and, you know, you get into a place and you start looking through things and wondering why you've been carrying this stuff around for years. You know, I had pictures of people I don't even remember. <laughs> From when I first joined the Air Force, I had cards. I, I had a box of cards. It was embarrassing. I half filled up my um, recycle bin with all of the cards I had, dating back to before I even came to Colorado in 88. And it just felt so good to unload that. But sometimes when we are unloading, when we're letting go, when we're unpacking, we will get our goodwill pile. Okay, we're gonna go through this, we're gonna unload this stuff, and I haven't worn this in three years, I can't wear that anymore, oh, those are skinny jeans, I'm too fat, you know, all of these things that we have, we put it in the goodwill pile, and we're gonna go over to goodwill and take it. And then before we go, we start going back through the pile. <laughs> well, these skinny jeans, I'm gonna lose weight and I'll get back in it. Oh, that, I haven't worn it for a few years, but it's okay, you know, I have, I'll buy some pants to go with that. Although it's outdated, might be threadbare or whatever, and we just start going back through and picking it up. Just like I went back through and picked up what if. Leave it where it is. How do we get our wheels off the ground? Destination bound, wheels off the ground, comes from when we embrace. We embrace this love. We embrace ourselves. We practice self-love. Self-love is something that we don't do enough. That's, when, that's one of the things that we look outside of ourselves and we look for validation from others. We want to be loved by others. We want to be accepted by others. And we need people in our lives. We want people in our lives. That's okay. But you really cannot love until you love yourself. It has taken me a lifetime to accept that. Even when I entered the ministry, I looked at how much I still felt unworthy at times. And I kept picking that, picking it back up out of the Goodwill pile. I put it back, say, okay, I don't need this. And I go back and pick it up. I put it back, you're not going to hell, that's not something you have to worry about. Go back and pick it up. And so this is some of the things, that we can't get our wheels up when we're all heavy laden and burdened. So I wanna invite you today that whatever it is that you need to let go of, when you unpack it, when you put it in a goodwill pile, when you put it in the box that's gonna go away, leave it there and just be in that place of love. It's so much lighter. There's so much more peace in it. There's so much more joy in it. There's just a great feeling of being. So spirit desires to accompany us, accompany us on our trip. All we have to do is just know and accept spirit for who we are. 
we are spirit and expression. And for this, I'm just so absolutely grateful. So grateful. So get ready to soar. Get ready to do that. Take on spirit. Be who you are. Be all that you can be. Now, I know that's an army term. Hey, I'm Air Force. I can use it if I want. <laughs> be all that you are. And can we pray right now? And so right here and right now, I just know. I know that God is all that there is. There's absolutely nothing besides God. There is no spot where God is not. I know for myself that I am one in the universe. I am one with love. I am one with love that is unconditional. I release and let go of all that no longer serves me. I put down the heavy baggage. I put down the what ifs. I put down all of the things that weighs me down and does not allow me to get my wheels up and to go. This trip has always been going on because we had to make our way toward this this point in our lives where we can learn and know that we are one in God and that God loves us no matter what. We can release the baggage. We're packed and ready to go. We can get our wheels up and we can soar. We can soar into the the never-ending expression of all that we are and all that we can be. We can do so with great joy and with great peace and just knowing that we are absolutely worthy of every single moment that we live. We are here to express the way God asks us to, as only we can. Because if we don't express the way God, with the gifts that God has given us, then we have wasted this journey. And so right here and right now, I just say thank you. I say thank you, God, for just knowing, knowing that we are all on this trip together. And we are all flying high. And I release this prayer now, just knowing that it is good and very good. I am grateful. I am thankful. And I just say thank you right now. And so we sing. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and brings and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and brings and Where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has his being. I am the place where God shows up. Where God shows up
Take your gift or tithe in your hand. If you auto-tithe, just place your hand over your heart and say this affirmation with me. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.